Hey everybody, welcome back to A Higher Future. I'm UBC Mignetti, joined by Dr. Nicole Gravani as always. Hello, Doc. Hi, Yubi. How's it going? Good. Excellent. So we are happy. Yeah, we're, we're, um, we have a cool guest today. Uh, cool because um, she started, uh, or she's president of Titan Management, which started a new ATS system. You know, we're, we're, we love ATS systems. They're great partners for us. Um, and and she, she saw a need for a different kind of ATS called Titan ATS, um, and which is just like launching, you know, as we speak, as we record this. And then she's also host of her own podcast, Career Launch Live. So welcome, Catherine McCord. How are you? I am fantastic. Thank you so much for having me, Yubi and Dr. Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm no, excited. We're... I'm excited to be here. This will be fun. Yeah, us too. You know, I, I think we, we share a lot of the same uh, values and, and beliefs as far as the recruiting industry, right? And and how companies are finding talent and what, what things have been broken. But but so tell us a little bit about Titan and how that came to be and how you got to this point of saying, you know what, we, we need a new type of ATS. So rewind in my career years and years ago. So I was eight, eight years ago or so I was working at an IT recruiting firm who focused mm-hmm. on larger banks. And if you've ever done recruiting in that space, those, those companies take or tried to get a job with those companies. It takes forever. It is the longest process. So our biz dev guy brought in some smaller companies in the meantime, and that organization just did not treat them well. They treated them like junk clients, like they didn't matter. And that really bothered me because I spent a lot of my working career working with little guys, right? And mm-hmm. helping entrepreneurs grow their business. I'm like, no, these guys are valid. Their money matters. Their, uh, their needs matter. So I struck out on very good terms with, uh, with that company. I struck out on my own and created Titan Management. At the time, it was called Titan Staffing. Um, it's been seven years now, love it. And I, I started it with the intent to change how recruiting was done from the type of service. I like to work hand in hand and basically be an offsite team member for my people, not so much a vendor to the pricing and having more reasonable pricing that everybody can afford and everybody, or not everybody, but a lot of people. (laughs) And then with the ATS, you know, you just see when you work in the space and then having the show, you know, and really working heavily with the candidate side of, of everything. I just kept seeing the same problems that the resume just caused all kinds of confusion and over 90% of people don't know how to make an effective resume. So how are they ever going to have an easy job hunt if they can't make the one document that's supposed to land them a job? That's lunacy. And so between that and the biases that I've seen created in the application process, I just said, okay, enough is enough. (laughs) We need to do something about this. So at 4.30 in the morning, on my way to the airport, it just hit me as to how it ought to look and how it ought to be. And so I called up a developer friend of mine who's done some amazing projects, including with the CDC. And uh, he's very innovative, works a lot with AWS technology. And we reached out to Hiring Thing, who has an amazing backend system and that they let other people build off of and create their own ATS. And away we went. And I'm so excited about it. Yeah. So, so this launches today, did you say? So, so no, so we did a preview today. Oh, I see. Okay. So the last preview. 
very select few. And then um, it's going to, it was, it's almost done actually. And, and everybody kind of agreed on that. There's just a few things to be tweaked. So we're going to tweak those. And originally we were thinking it was going to be the end of March, but now it's going to be ready in mid-March. So I'm very, very, if not sooner. So I'm actually very, very excited well, about that. ahead of schedule. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Thank and, you. And what, what is it? So how are you approaching recruiting differently? You know, I mean, how are you approaching helping companies look at candidates in a different way? So the first thing that I help people understand is that when you're making a job description, what you need to focus on to start with is the problem that you actually need solved, right? Mm -hmm. So what, what is the actual hole that needs to be filled? Then you need to figure out, you know, the kind of the surrounding bits and pieces. So can this person be remote? Do they need to be on site? That type of thing. So I kind of walk them through that, that process. And then we sit down and we talk about what's important to the company. And right now, culture is kind of one of those buzzwords. And a lot of people misuse it. And it can actually create biases and discrimination. But when I say culture, I mean, we're matching up ethics, we're matching up goals, we're matching up integrity. And when you focus on those things, then you can get to the right people. And so helping people refocus onto those things and realizing you don't want 20 of the same person, that's boring and your company is going to be very stale. When you look at studies like with Boston Consulting Group, they did a study and it showed that when you do true diversity hiring, which is not token hiring, it means we just take, we hire the person, not the wrapping, basically. Then, and you get people from different backgrounds, different experience, all that, you end up with a 19, an average of 19% increase in revenue just by changing your hiring alone. Mm-hmm. And that's amazing. That's a huge difference. So I, t- I help my clients realize it, all these other little things don't matter. And did they work for this company or do they have this many years? That doesn't matter. What do they bring to the table? What creativity and what differences do they bring that will help you understand your customer better and your client base better and innovate. All right, Catherine. So you have been a guest on many different podcasts and you have your own podcast. And so one of the things that you're known for is um, adding this personal touch to hiring, making sure that the human is uh, considered during this evaluation process. So one of the things I'd love to know your perspective on is how do you how do you coach companies through and how do you yourself maintain objectivity and the fairness in hiring while mm-hmm. also connecting on that personal level and the reason i ask this is like one of these big biases that we see and that that is well known in the industry is that companies and and hiring managers tend to hire the people that quote unquote fit And those are the people who often are the ones that they enjoy. And it's Mm -hmm. not necessarily the person who's the most willing or able to do the role. Right. How do you handle it? So the the first thing, there's kind of a a multi-part answer to this. So I'm going to start by saying that those things can actually be the same. The person, and I'm sure you know that, but I just want to clarify for the audience that the person that you really like and that gives you the warm and fuzzies can also be the person that is super qualified and has all these amazing talents. The second part is to understand what true qualification means. 
So people think I'm going to put a bunch of bullet points and I need this person to match up to every single bullet point or they're not qualified. Nope, that's not how it works, folks. <laughs> True qualification. And actually, Jeff Gates has a wonderful technology that he does that helps. It's not really a personality test, but it helps you to see how a candidate thinks and how they process information and, you know, kind of where their strengths lie. And it's a really interesting concept. And it's basically what I teach my clients of you need to be looking at their mentality, what they can do, what they can learn, what they bring to the table. For instance, if you're looking at an executive assistant and you say, oh, this person has been an executive assistant for a VP at Chase Bank, and they've been an EA over here and over here, and they have all these great skills and qualifications. I'm going to bring them into my startup because they're going to help me get organized. That person might flop completely because they, they were from a completely different environment, had a completely different structure. Maybe that job was already completely built out for them. Whereas if you've got somebody who thinks on their feet, can just dive into anything, has no fear, and just figures it out, that person may be a way better match for you than <laughs> this person over here who just nuts and meat potatoes. Or that could reverse. It just depends. So you have to teach companies to look at the the actual need that they have, like I was saying earlier, the actual need that they have and understand how to hire and what to look at. The other part of that is keeping everything human. A lot of people think that that means getting rid of technology and it actually doesn't. It, you can use your technology, right? Because I hear people, oh, you should always let people know some, you know, some kind of something about if they were moving forward or not or whatever. Great, use your ATS and use automated emails. And what I do when I have to reject a candidate that I have not spoken to, but I just received their application, is I send out an email and I let them know that unfortunately they didn't, they didn't make it. And if they would like specific feedback, they reach back to me and I'm glad to provide it hmm. for them. Because frankly, if all I did was email personal feedback to every single rejection, I would literally never do anything else. And that is true for every HR and recruiter person out there. Yeah. But, but using technology can actually help you. Because it lets people know, I, I'm so sorry, but I am here. If you would like some additional information, I'm here for you. Otherwise, you know what's going on, and here we go. You know. Yeah, it's so interesting, it's, right? Like there, there's been a trend, right, of these AI different types of technologies. You know that companies feel like they can just plug in and let it go, and it's going to take off so much off their plate and give them back so much time. But in in reality, you're just you're introducing a whole new kind of bias. And, and, you know, sort of being, I don't want to, I don't know, maybe lazy is the right word, but you know, it's, it's, yeah, it is. It's, no, it is. It is lazy. It's <laughs> like you're not taking the time to really figure out what it is you're looking for, for a role yeah. and, and, and then really doing your due diligence to understand if a yep. candidate is going to be yep. right for that and role or not. Right. 100%. And using an ATS to filter people that you never even look at is ridiculous. There is no way that a technology can do what a human mind can do. So oh. if you have an ATS, turn off that filter. Every single ATS out there can have that turned off. Turn sure. that off. Every single application should be going through to a human being to look at. And mm -hmm. I get it. It take, It's cumbersome. But if you know what you're doing, you can, you can get through those very Well, very that's quickly. it. If you have like a defined process and it's right. standard and consistent and structured, mm -hmm. then yeah, yep. it's just, it's just a part of the process. It doesn't, yep. it doesn't change anything. So yeah, and that's job descriptions, like do better at your job description. Oh, yeah. If you put out a whole book, nobody's going to read that. And then yes, you're going to no. get a bunch of people who aren't qualified applying. 
Well, and frankly, I mean, how many of them are cut and pasted, right? Like how many of the same exact job description Mm -hmm. for a hundred different companies for a sales role in those companies is exactly the same. Yep. Yeah. I like to play a game with some of my new clients. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I love to play a game with my new clients, but I get one that I can tell was copy pasted and I send them the, the job posting for the actual one and go, so you want, so you work for this company? Oh no, we're over (laughs) here, but we want the same thing. I'm like, no, you don't. No, you right. don't. You don't want the exact same thing. Let's try this again. Oh, <laughs> you know? I've literally had clients do that. Yeah, I've caught multiple clients doing that. It's crazy. It's fascinating. Yeah, do better. Right, right. <laughs> you know, please. <laughs> don't be lazy. That's the that's the that's the moral of the story. Do not be Correct. lazy, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I heard you say a couple of things. Don't be lazy was one of them. But um, the other the other two things that, that really struck me just in what you were telling us is. One, there's no way that software can do what a human can do. And so there are some very critical pieces of work here that a human has to touch. And the other thing I heard you said, which might sound like a contradiction, but I have a feeling it is not, is that you can use software to be more human. So if you're using (laughs) software correctly, you can actually provide your candidates with the feedback that they want if they want it, or just information about what's happening next, if that's what they want. Yes. And sending out mass emails saying, this is where we are. And we've had a pause, but this is what's happening. And every ATS, by the Mm -hmm. way, can accommodate mass emails, at least everyone I'm aware of anyway. And I'm aware of an awful lot of them. So use those features, just update candidates, tell them what's going on. We're in round one, you know, okay, so we wrapped up round one, we're doing this and that, we'll make a next decision. It takes minutes, like, I mean, two minutes to send out a quick mass email to everybody that's still in the running and let them know what's up. So there's Mm -hmm. no reason at all to just ghost people. And there's nothing more disgusting to me than what somebody has entered into a job, you know, into a job process, like actually interviewing, that they get ghosted. Yeah. I mean, come on. Really? (laughs) You're not that busy, people. One simple thing we can solve, especially with technology. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So technology is is a new part of the recruiting process that um, has only been around for a couple of decades. And you are a second generation HR professional in the recruiting space, but your mother was in HR as well. And so you have seen this industry for quite a few years through your own experience and through the history and connection with your family. And so my guess is that you have um, just just an amazing historical knowledge of the way that this industry has gone and probably some perspectives on the way that the future of this industry is going. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Take us back a little bit and then drive us into the future. I, uh, so my mother, uh, she was amazing. I, I just, she's always just blown my mind with how she evolves and grows and continues to innovate. Even today, she's still a director of HR, by the way. Um, and I watched her start in nurse recruiting when I was basically born. So she was in nurse recruiting when I was born. Right. And I grew up playing interview and convention with her and I would hear her talk about everything going on and the different focuses. And so there, there have been times when everything was your education and almost nothing else mattered, right? And mm-hmm. then there have been, and then it kind of rolled into, okay, education is still really important, but now we, we really care about where you've worked. Kind of hit that, right? Then it rolled again and it said, okay, now we really care about education and what you've done. 
got a little bit smarter there. Like, okay, all right, now we got to pay attention to what you've actually been doing. So it kind of progressed. And then, it, you know, as we've gone along, so starting in like the, especially the mid nineties, there started being this gentle, gentle push towards some DE, some diversity, equity, inclusion, and, you know, mm-hmm. you know, supporting women and their careers and things like that. And so that started happening. And then, but then we got this weird tokenism phase where like, yeah. you need to hire six black people and four Latino people and three women, <laughs> you know, this real weird tokenism phase that doesn't help anyone. I don't know a single diversity, equity, and inclusion specialist that supports token hiring, not one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we got through that weird phase. And then in the 2000s, it's like, there's been this, this really cool and very slow curve to go, okay, we're in this limbo, but we, we know we, we need to change and we know that we, we need to do better. We don't know how to do it. We don't know what's going on. And so you would see little trends start to peak where you're going, oh, this is really good. Nope, that didn't work. And then you see another trend kind of come up. But we, we started having that revolution that we need to do better. And you started seeing some cool innovation like um, video, video interviewing. And you started seeing, um, you know, more personality interviews, not the boring, basically reviewing your resume, right? Like people actually knowing mm-hmm. how to interview and how to talk to someone and how to really get to know them and ask, you know, in, emotional intelligence questions and problem solving questions and things like that. So all that started coming and it was really cool. And then, amazingly enough, in 2020, the year of just utter disaster, um, we had one of the best revolutions for the hiring process. Two big things happened. All of a sudden, the world caught up to something that I figured out years ago. And I guess I'm going to brag on myself a little bit about this, that most jobs can be done remotely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so you can offer flexibility to your staff. And then the other cool things that kind of came with that are, it's okay for a mom to have her kid over there doing schoolwork while she works. Or a dad. Or it's okay to, you know, have to run off real quick to a, a doctor appointment and then hop right back and, and get your work done as long as everything gets done. It's like people started just realizing these very simple concepts and seeing because they had to. They had to do that right. in order in order to function. And so it's really cool and exciting. And so one of the one of the amazing revolutions that's gonna come out of this and, and evolution is that there's going to be a lot more remote. I think the face of commercial real estate is really about to get jarred and changed because mm-hmm. all these leases are going to run out on these big, big buildings. And these companies are going to yeah. go, you know what? Save a lot. We save a lot of money if all these people remote, send them home. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think we're going to see a lot of that. And the other cool thing is all of the diversity, equity, and inclusion because people are finally starting, starting to understand what that actually means. And yeah. to, to really get that. And I tell people, you know, one of the, one of the big topics that's very confusing to people is that they hear that there's these big salary gaps, right? And they're like, well, no, because, you know, I'm a white guy and the black guy in my position makes the same as me. Right. That, that is typically correct. The disparity is that minorities and women are not making it to positions of power. So when you are seeing an actual decision-making, so when you're seeing that, that wage gap, that's not equal for equal. That's an average. Okay. That's just a, it's a general statement. And 
when in the Fortune 500, and it's very easily looked up, in the Fortune 500, less than 13% of CEO and executive jobs are held by women and minorities. And that's combined. Mm-hmm. So that means that 87% of those companies are run by white males. And by the way, when you combine women and minorities, we are the vast majority of the population of this country. Right. Right. <laughs> so something ain't right here. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you're, I, Something's you're not right. <laughs> you're right. Like there, there is this kind of awakening, which is cool. So, so kind of trending kind of last question to close yeah. us out taking that, you know, the, the history there and the trends that you just mentioned, like, where do you see it going? What is the future of work from your perspective? I think that, I think that ignoring the wrapping, as I call it, I always say hire the person, not the wrapping, you know, so not the, the physical mm-hmm. aspect, not the age, the gender, you know, the preference, any, anything like that, just ignore all that. I think that's coming. I think more efforts, more trainings, um, I think that a lot of companies are going to start marketing and changing their verbiage to be more inclusive and to help um, help promote the right kinds of ideas and morals. I think it's really exciting because I've already seen some really cool steps. And I think the other thing that's going to happen is that more and more companies are starting and because it, it is happening. And actually, I'm very proud of my mother because she started this very early on when she realized that there, this was still more of an issue than she realized and started real discussions that take time and you have to earn people's trust and you have to get those things going. But then once you have those discussions and you realize, oh crud, this is way worse than I thought it was, it's easy to start, you start making those steps and setting those objectives and actually you know, following up and making sure it happens. And then what happens is we've had a cultural shift and that's when everything really gets better. And I think it's coming and I think the remote work thing is, is going to be a big deal. And I think mm-hmm. in about 10 years, hiring is going to look monumentally different. And I am unbelievably excited about that. Oh, awesome. thank you so much for walking us through that history that I, I yeah. can see it. You know, this this whole concept of the trends and education and then job history and mm-hmm. now what you've done. And then, oh, tokenism phase, like we're going to bring in people, <laughs> just have one of each. And then... Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, being able to get, yeah, being able to get curious about um, what what can we add to this to fix it. We see the problem. That awareness piece of of having it, unsurprisingly, kind of right alongside emotional intelligence becoming a thing and an actual word that people knew what it meant. And now with the remote work and diversity and inclusion being something where people can look at oh, 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 this is worse than we thought it was. We really hadn't embraced the difficulty of what so many parts of the population were dealing with. And, um, and the future does look pretty bright, doesn't it? It's exciting to think about what happens next. It does. I get really excited every time I see a step being taken, every time I hear a conversation being had, because you realize that people are becoming aware and starting to understand. And I tell people, this is not a movement about boo white guys. Okay. (laughs) That's, that's not it. What we're, what everybody is saying is look at everybody else and, Mm -hmm. and people go, Oh, well, somebody can overcome. And yes, a lot of people can overcome self-included, but nobody should have to. That's Mm -hmm. the point. Just give everybody an equal opportunity because you're missing out. You're missing out. Mm -hmm not that you're missing out. (laughs) 
and yeah. your business is lesser and your situation is lesser because because of this. So I think it's a really important step. I'm super excited. And even, you know, moms are being more embraced because that was a huge prejudice for a long time. And I'm loving every minute of that. Ageism has got to go. We're working on that. <laughs> you know, I got lowered to 45. How is 45 old? I better not what be. What is that? That's where <laughs> I, mean, Seriously? I just turned you 45. <laughs> 45 yeah, I think we is where it's starting 45 oh my god it's not exciting and we are we are growing we are um, yeah as a country and as a professional realm we are growing and it is super exciting i love watching it i really awesome. do well that's a perfect way to end the, this episode so Catherine, thank you so much uh it's been a it's been a real pleasure thank you very very much thank you so much for having me it was an absolute blast Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you everybody for, for tuning in to the new A Higher Future podcast. Um, check back for other episodes and links to other streaming sites like Apple and Spotify. And we'll see you next time. Take care.